0: Welcome back to our High Five, where we're gonna celebrate five awesome things that are happening in the life of our church. So let's jump into it. Up at number five, recently our Concord and Franklin Outpost partnered with local organizations to gift children with a variety of art supplies and games. We recently heard back from these partners who told us that these gifts are being put to great use already. That's great news. Way to share God's love with your community, Concord. In at number four, our relief team from One Church just returned from Fort Myers, Florida, where they helped homeowners impacted by Hurricane Ian. They spent time working on homes and blessing the community with gift cards and Bibles. We're happy to report that five homeowners accepted Christ as their Savior last week. Huge high five to you guys, to the most people in the kingdom in the shortest time. Here at number three, Recently, our Concord Outpost partnered with The Friendly Kitchen. Together, they donated 900 hand warmers to our under-resourced friends in need during these winter months. This high five goes out to you, Concord, to sharing God's love like this. In at number two, Landon has been attending our Manchester Outpost on Sunday mornings and this past Sunday, he found himself ready to respond to what God was calling him to do and be baptized. Landon claims the truth that his identity is in Christ and we're all celebrating that with him today. High five, Landon. And finally, up at number one, we're celebrating Ray and what God is doing in his life. Ray was baptized at our Bedford Outpost last week and it was a beautiful celebration of his faith in Jesus. Way to go, Ray. This high five goes out to you today. Thanks for joining us for our high five, and I can't wait to celebrate with you in the next one.
1: We all pray with me. God, I pray that you might speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, I thank you for every person here right now. Lord, I know that we all bring different stories and different things that we're going through, Lord, and I thank you that you are with us and Lord, those who feel alone, I pray that you might show them your presence, not just um, you at work within their hearts, but also by the people around them. Father, help us to be a community where no one walks alone. And so, Lord, I do pray that you show us people um, that we can share your love with. And Lord, I just pray that you speak in this time. In your name we pray. Amen. So, my brother. Uh, serves at the Bedford Outpost. And if you, some of you might have met him and some of you might not. But to give you an idea of who he is, he's if you've ever seen the movie Elf, he's Buddy the Elf. I've never met anybody more like Buddy the Elf, which my personality is not so much Buddy the Elf, so it's always weird traveling with him because it really is like walking around with Buddy the Elf. And we, uh, we talk about our messages, and we kind of plan them together as a team um, because we don't have to do it alone, which is absolutely beautiful. And at the beginning of, in the fall, we're like talking about what series we're going to do, and each one kind of does a pitch, and we start to talk about it. Well, out of nowhere, my brother decides it's going to be his turn, and he says, uh, Rodeo Clowns! (laughs) And we're like, Jay... We hear what you're saying. We don't understand what it's about. He's like, no, no, no. Rodeo clowns are like Jay. We need a little more definition. Because this is this is his pitch. And we're like, okay, there's got to be more to this. He says, no, you know, like rodeo clowns are like Jay. It doesn't matter how many times you say it. We're not exactly sure what you're talking about. And he's like, I, I think I think that we should talk about rodeo clowns. I'm like what? Okay. He's, we're like, explain this a little bit. And He says, well, you know how like there's a bull rider. I, any, of you, any of you been to a bull? Anyone? I know I know where I'm at. I know we're in New Hampshire. Um, but if any of you have ever been to a bull ride, the, the bull rider gets on the bull, and he tries to stay on for eight seconds, and, and he, he does his best, and the bull is bronking and busting and all the stuff it's doing, turning, and the, it, it, it just, oh, maybe he can stay on. But when the, the bull rider eventually falls off, um, the bull eventually wins no matter what, no matter what anybody says. The bull eventually wins, but what happens is the, then the, the, the cowboy, the rider, is in that bull's sight, and the bull's going to come after him, and that's where the rodeo clown jumps in. The rodeo clown jumps in, gets the bull's attention, and and he distracts, he pulls away he's, he, he's the one who comes as the helper to the hero at that moment, and he, he will take some of the take some of the uh, fire and Jay's like, "You know how sometimes in life you ne- you need those people who come alongside in, in difficult times, and they don't have to be." They don't have to take center stage. It doesn't have to be all about them. It's just they're willing to step in and help you along the way. Like maybe, maybe that's what we need to talk about is not so much being the hero, but being the helper. Being the person who's, who's willing to come alongside someone. And, and even now, God, give us the people at our high school, the friends within our circle, that they, they just need a helper someone at our work that, that, man, we've just been overlooking and not seeing, and, and they just really need a helper. Maybe it's my husband, or maybe it's my wife, and they just need, a, they just need someone who comes on and takes on some of that, that fire so to, to be willing to step in. And, and so we're looking at characters of the Bible who are not the center stage characters. It's these peripheral characters who at very important moments in God's story, the story that God is telling, they were willing to step in and, and face the bull. Sometimes we need people who step in and face the bull, right? Um, And so that's what we're going to talk about. Our memory verse as we go through the series is going to come from Proverbs. It's a beautiful Proverbs, Proverbs 17, 17. I'll read it first, and then we're going to read it together. Um, But this is what it says. It says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. We, we read that together with me? Here we go. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. There are moments when we're called into things. There are moments when we're called into things, and we need someone to step in with us. Because it's not always good to, to do it alone. I would even say no one does anything great alone. No one does anything great alone. There's this character in the book of Exodus. Many of us have probably heard of him. His name is Moses. And Moses, if you look at his beginning stories, in a lot of ways, he's a failure at the beginning. Like, he ended up murdering someone. And he was trying to protect his fellow Israelites. And he kind of has to run away into the wilderness. For quite a long time. Somewhere around maybe forty years, which is a long time to. I mean, he's raised in Pharaoh's house, but all of a sudden he finds himself in the middle of the wilderness. He thought maybe that he was supposed to do great things, but now he kinda finds himself kinda with sheep. And I think sometimes it happens in our life is like, oh man, I thought at some point, like I was going to do something great, but then you kind of grow up and you're like, oh man, I guess this is life. And yet, all the while, I think God is, is calling us. Um, as Moses one day is tending to the sheep, he comes across a bush that's on fire, but doesn't burn up. And like anybody, that's like, that's intriguing. Like, I got to go, I got to draw near to this and see, and, and so Moses goes near to the bush, and. The bush starts talking to them. This is, no, <laughs> this is no normal story. This is no normal event. The, he, he starts to hear this voice, voice out of the bush. And he's like, oh, what are we, what's going on here? And he's like, who are you? And the voice from the bush says, I am, I am the God of your fathers. I, I, am, I, am, I am your God. I, I am the God of your people. And I've heard the cries of my people crying out in Egypt because the people were, were enslaved in Egypt. And, and God is now telling Moses... Now is the time that I'm calling you. I'm calling you to step into something so much bigger than you. I want you to go to Pharaoh, probably the premier leader of of the time across the globe. He says, I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to say, let my people go. And Moses feels the weight of that. I mean, he has his wife and maybe some kids and... A lot of sheep. And his question is like, I'm supposed to go and tell Pharaoh to release like 1.8 million people and lead them back into their land? You ever get this calling from God that just seems too big? You ever get this calling that just seems like, I I don't know if I can, I can do that. And so Moses comes before God and And sometimes we always think our calling has to be big. Like sometimes the calling doesn't have to be like delivering 1.8 million people. Sometimes the calling that God gives in your life just seems too big for you in your moment. Like like there's a person that, that God is saying, I want you to go talk to this person. You're like, oh, I can't do that. I don't know anything. Or, or, or God puts someone in your life who maybe their life is falling apart and like, I want you to come alongside that person. I want you to help them. Like, I can't do that. That's too big. Or God is calling you to serve in some capacity. Maybe in, within the church. Maybe it's to sing. Or maybe it's to greet. Or maybe it's to to, 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 to wave in the parking lot and greet people in. Or maybe it's it's to, to serve in kids. Or, or whatever that looks like. God is calling. Maybe maybe the calling that God has you is like to be the father that, that he's made you to be. And you're like, oh, that is a big calling. And I'm not actually sure if I'm actually up for the task. Or maybe it's a mom. And you're like, I, you know, I, I have these visions of what of what a a, a a follower of Jesus' mother might look like, and and yet, man, I, I feel like I'm falling short all along, and so I'm not sure if I can rise to that task. And maybe it's, I mean, you just fill in the blank of the calling that God has in your life. And I think He has one, but you can feel like, oh, I just don't think I can do this. And so Moses says this. He's like, he says to God, God, I, I'm not really eloquent. I, I don't really know how to speak. And I say, look, well, like, what, what if they don't believe me? What if I go to Egypt and the leaders of Israel, like they don't believe me, that God's saying to, to set them out. And so he has all of these questions to God. And then finally he says, God, you've got to send someone else. That's kind of where we pick up the story. And I know right now, so far I've been talking about Moses, but really what I'm going to talk about is Aaron. Because God will provide someone in Moses' life to step into the areas where he is deficient. And I think God is awesome like that. God will always like like bring people into our lives that are different than us. And sometimes it's it is, sometimes it is our spouse. And if you got a spouse that's radically different than you, <laughs> and they're like, and you like you you they they sometimes you can frustrate one another, am I right? Like, sometimes you can frustrate one another, you're like, who did I marry? What in the world is going on? They do not think anything like me, but at the same time, you can recognize, man, like, like, what in the world is going on? Like, you can recognize, oh, man, um, I'm so glad that they're different from me. And so, God will send Aaron to come stand alongside Moses. And that's where we pick up today. Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 14. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant. Lord, pardon your servant. Um, I have never been eloquent. Have you ever come before God and you're like, God? God's saying, this is what I've called you to. This is who I want you to be. And you're like, well, this is why I can't do it, God. This is, this is, why, this is why it's too big for me. He says, I've never been eloquent, never in the past, uh, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and of tongue. And this, I, I like what the Lord said to him. And maybe this is what he's saying to you. He's like, who gave man his tongue? Who gave gave human beings their tongues? Who makes human beings deaf or, or who makes them able to hear? Who makes them blind or gives them sight? Who gives them sight and makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. And I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Pardon your servant, Lord. Any of you have this before, God? You hear this calling of God upon your life. You, you hear it, and you know it. You're like, this is who he wants me to be. This is what he's calling me into. And like, pardon me, God. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you have the right person. How many times in your life have you told God he doesn't have the right person? Like, like you, you're, you're a screw-up. You've, you've got all of these messes. You got, we all have messy lives. God, I'm not sure. I'm not eloquent. Pardon me, God. He, he goes on to say this. He says, pardon me. Um, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. I can't do this. It says then the Lord's anger burned against him and Moses against Moses and said to him, What about your brother Aaron? What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. And I wonder how Moses felt like this, oh, my older brother Aaron. Everybody calls him the golden mouth, and, and here I am, I'm, I, I'm not very good at speaking, and yet God is providing someone along the way. And it goes on to say, I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to, to meet you. And he will be glad to see you in life. I thank God for I thank God for the moments when we feel our inadequacies. And there's a weird thing to say. But one thing I know about God is that He will never call us into something that He won't resource us for. And when I think about the calling of of Moses and how sometimes like certainly our callings aren't maybe as huge as Moses is, but I do know that he calls us into things. And my guess is, like, right now, there's probably somewhere in your life that, that you, you feel the call of God, and, and my prayer is, like, maybe you draw near to him and you try to listen to that. And, and I, I do think this, that if it is of God, it's going to be bigger than what you expect, um, far beyond, like, your, your ability, because that's the nature of God. I think call, God calls us to step into things um, where we can't do it without him. And so it's going, to take, it's going to take faith, but in the midst of the faith, what I realize is that sometimes it is very easy to focus on the Moses character and miss the fact that actually one of the callings that God might have in our lives is to see the people around us. Because isn't it easy just to see yourself and like get caught in your own world? But it's to see the people around you and say, you know, who is God sending me to? Where is God saying, "I want to use your gifts and abilities in someone else's life"? Like, like I've got a calling on their life, and I have a calling on your life. And so he he says, "What I love about God, he says, I'm going to provide for you the very thing that you need." And so that's the Moses side. Like, this is too big for you, but I'm going to put people around you who can help you in the midst of it. And then there's this Aaron side. that's Aaron's like, Aaron's like, "Oh, you don't have to be center stage, but Aaron, I'm going to use you to be a helper to someone else." And so I might ask you, like, who, like, if God give us right now in this very moment the people in our lives that. That you want to use us to be a blessing to. There's something so beautiful about the church. You were not meant, we were not meant to go about it alone. And the beauty of the church is that God wraps so many gifts in people. And what I love about the fact that we're now in the New Testament and not in the Old is that the Holy Spirit of God lives in you. And so we often will have this thing. We often say, I just need God. Which I get that. There's truth to that. We just need God. But the beauty of flesh and blood is that God now lives inside people. And so now I get to be loved by God by other people. And I get to be loved by God or served by God by the hands of other people. And that's what we are. And so the second second idea that that we kind of learned from Moses is it says that everyone needs God and people. There's some things that you just can't do alone. I was thinking that that you, this is is stupid maybe, but I was thinking of all the things you can't do alone. A seesaw is really hard to do on your own. We always try it. You, You tried it as a kid. How many of you try to see-saw by yourself as a kid? You try to see-saw by yourself as a kid. You jump off as hard as you can, and you come crashing down, right? Because because there's no other way to to counterbalance your weight. It is a very long game of hide-and-go-seek if you're doing it by yourself. Marco Polo, you look a little... um, If you try to do Marco Polo by yourself... (laughs) uh, There's some things that were just not meant... To do alone. And I don't think the Christian walk is meant to do alone. And as a church as Concord, as a very specific outpost, we're kind of working on that of of how to not do things alone. This Wednesday, coming up this Wednesday, and don't feel like um, if it's too quick for you. It's going to happen every Wednesday from here on out. We're we're kind of revamping an old thing called Band of Brothers. And it's a group of guys who'll meet on Wednesday night here at at 630 to 8. And it's... A rather simple format, we're just going to talk about the message, talk about what a rodeo clown is and why in the world we talk about rodeo clowns and what it means to be an Aaron to someone, to Moses and a Moses to Aaron and look at all those relationships and so you're invited and because I don't think guys were meant to to walk this world alone. And if I could speak of, 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 of my gender, it's like we, we tend to do that. We tend to say, I, I don't need anybody else. I just need God, and I'll just try to figure it out. And, and I, I can look at my own life, and I can see the lives of other guys, and I'm like, huh, that doesn't always work, right? Like, we need other people. We need God, but we need people. So you're invited to that. Again, this week, next week, whenever, and it's, it's kind of come as you go, and come, and come as you are, go as, show up, and... Just step into it, and so you 're invited to that and the the ladies at the church, after each service starting next week uh, they 're going to gather in that back corner and they 're going to meet one another and they 're going to pray with one another and and you 're invited into that and see where it goes from there, because the truth is like like we don 't all know each other like and there 's this There's this pastoral heart in me that just wants to know all of you and all of your names and all of your families. And that I've learned a long time ago that that is not really sustainable, that that we got to be here for each other and we got to seek out these relationships. And we gotta we gotta make these investments and not have anybody else do it for us, but like to, to try to figure it out because because we need both God and people and you're like, I don't need it. it's just me. We're New Englanders, right? Like like we have to we, we shovel out ourselves, we do all of this stuff ourselves and, and so we we're we we're fighting against something that probably is not just cultural, but it's also maybe human. It's like I can I can do this alone. No, we need both God and people and so God tells Moses, Yeah, I'll send you Aaron. Aaron can go with you. And he will be your voice. And it goes on to say this. It's kind of interesting. It says, um, you shall speak to him. This is Moses. You shall speak to Aaron. Moses, I've got a big calling for you. Moses is like, I can't do it. It's too big for me. And he's like, I'll send Aaron to you. And you will speak to Aaron, and Aaron will speak to the people. There's this whole chain happening. It's like, Moses, you need me, and you need Aaron. And we need both God and people. Like, we need God and people in our lives. He says, you shall speak to him and put, put words in his mouth, and I will help both of you speak, and will teach you what to do. I love this chain. It's like, Moses, I know you got problems, and so I will speak to you, and you speak to Aaron, and he will speak to the people for you. And it will be as if... He were your mouth, and as if you were God to him, but take this staff in your hand so you can form these signs with it. God puts people in our path. God puts people in our path who can step in to help us, and I think we have to be open and ready. Or maybe praying. Maybe it's a prayer that you have been praying. It's like, God, I need someone else. I need other people in my life. But then to never miss the other side of that prayer is like God, God. I don't want to just be about me. I- Give me eyes to be Aaron. Give me eyes to see. Because what it says is, like, like Aaron is, will be excited to see you. Aaron, and I thought about that. I thought about being, being present in people's lives. And I thought about being available for other people. And I thought about being, like, encouraging to other people. God use us to do that. Like, oh, man, it's so easy to get focused on my task and my mission and my world. And I don't always see the worlds of other people. And God might say, no, I just want you to be Aaron for a season. And so God show us, God shows the people that not only need you, but also need us in some capacity to step into their lives. Because pride will sometimes step in. And pride can come from a lot of things. It can come from doing it alone. Pride can come from where, like, I can do it alone. I remember as a kid, my mom said my phrase, favorite phrase was, I'll do it myself. And it carried with me into my, into my 40s of, like, I can do it myself. Any of you do it yourselfers? It's like, I will figure it out. I will not ask for help. I will do it myself. And so pride can creep in sometimes. We're like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do it myself. Pride can creep in sometimes when I'm when I'm seeking my own personal glory. You think about these moments where it's like, oh man, if if someone else steps in and someone else gets the credit for something that 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 I want to do, like like it's hard to like be be second chair sometimes. You're like, I wanna do this so that, so that I can get the accolades, so that I can get the we're often running for applause, we're running for the applause of other people. And and so sometimes we do things or we don't do things um, because we are. Wanting or feel like we might missing out on some type of glory. The greatest glory we can have is serving Jesus in whatever capacity that might look like. To find that our treasure is in him. And then finally, um, pride can come from being selfish with our resources. And sometimes that can be our time, and sometimes that can be our gifts, and sometimes that can be our, our talents, the way in which God wants to use us for the sake of the church around us, because we do need each other. In the midst of what we do on a Sunday morning, we do need each other. We do need people who are willing to step into things. Like, I got, I got hands, I will do it. I got feet, I will do that. I got ears, I will do that. I got a mouth, I will do that. Like, to be able to step in and say, okay, we're in this together. And we need both God and people. And so what resources that we have. And you know what? On our own, we, we are fast to becoming a mess. Like, on his own, if you look at Aaron's story... Like he steps in as like the hero to the hero, in a lot of ways the helper to the hero, but at the same time on his own he was a mess. Like, because on our own, we're a mess. So so Moses is on top of the mountain later on. And I don't know if you remember this. And, and he's getting the Ten Commandments from God. And it's like this holy thing happening on top of the mountain. And and, and the people, are, are, are they don't want to go up the mountain. And so they're at the bottom of the mountain. And, and the, he, Moses has been too long. They're like having a meeting with, with, with Aaron. It's like, hey, Moses has been too long. We need, we need to do something. And, and they're like, hey, we have an idea. Let's start worshiping other gods. Take off all your jewelry. Let's molt it into a, into a golden calf and let's worship them. And Aaron's like, yeah, that checks out. Let's do that. And so they all start worshiping these other gods in the midst of the God who's delivered them Region Like, what in the world is going on? These moments where, on our own, we can get into messes very quickly. Maybe somewhere in your life, there's something that you're trying to deal with on your own. And God is saying, no, i got a person for that i got a lady who's willing to step into that. i got a mom that's willing to help. i got a, I got a brother who's willing to come and, and be support in the midst of it. So no one does anything great alone. Everyone needs God and people. And finally, someone needs your support. Someone needs you. And I know we can get in this complex of Savior complex, and that's not what we're talking about. We're just like, someone needs you. There's probably someone in your life right now that could use the Spirit of God inside you. A lot of our lives, is learning to be ready for that and not being so, ah, this sounds harsh, but not not being so self-centric, thinking only about me, but the people around me. There's this kind of cool story a few chapters later. It's in Exodus chapter 17. Joshua, this, this young man that, that Moses has been kind of mentoring, Joshua is this mighty warrior, which is awesome. Joshua is this mighty warrior. And as the um, Israelites are, are making their way into the Promised Land, there's many battles that have to be fought. And you find Joshua as like this mighty warrior who leads out in battle. And you come to the scene in Exodus chapter 17. I'm just going to read it, and we'll kind of see the picture of it. The Amalekites, they came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Now Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. So what does Moses got to do? He's got to keep those hands up. Moses has, got to, Moses has got to hold them up. But what happens when you're holding your hands up too long? You start to get tired. You start to get weak. You start to get worn down. No matter what you understand your calling to be or the human strength that you might have, all men stumble. Even youth get tired. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur... They held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other side, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Sometimes we need people around us that can hold up our hands, and sometimes we have to be the people who are holding up other people's hands. Because sometimes the battles can get the best of us, and we all know that. Sometimes sometimes the situations and circumstances of our life can just wear us down. And maybe your hands are up and you're tired, and you just need to ask God for an errand in your life. But maybe where you're at now is that you're called to be the Aaron, You're called to hold up someone else's hands. That's the beauty of the church. If you want to see this in Technicolor, Jesus saw humanity was a mess. That no matter, no matter how clear he could have been on the way to, to come back to the Father through the law, man we're messes. And so Jesus came to this earth to to meet us in our weakness, to meet us in our need. And I don't know how to say this appropriately, or maybe I'll mess it up, but to not have to be center stage, but being the one willing to to wash feet, and being the one who's willing to, to heal, and to feed, and to help, and to serve. And he'll say things like, the Son of Man didn't come to this world to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, all the way to the cross. And so we celebrate this moment of communion where we remember the one who stepped into our ring and saw the bull coming at us saw the bull coming out of us. And he stepped in front of it and said, I'll, I'll stand in the way. So we celebrate. We celebrate our King. We take to him. And then Jesus will tell his disciples after he's washed their feet. This is what I've done for you. Now I want you to do it for others. We all stand with me. Maybe you're here today and um, maybe you need some help. It may not be the perfect situation, but we do have men and women up here willing to pray with you and to stand beside you, to hold up your arms when you're tired. So if there's a way that we can be praying for you and with you, we'd, we'd be willing to do that. Or if today is the day where You're done holding up your hands in your own strength and trying to conquer life on your own. The greatest thing that you need is to say, Jesus, I just want you. I need you to step into this life and make me into this new creation. That promise is here for you today, like to be made new in him. And so if, if you haven't made that decision yet in your life, to be baptized into him, there's water over here. And we, we kind of do it on the spot. Like if you want to be baptized, this is... There's nothing that should hold you back, and so that invitation is here in this next song or after the service, whenever, um, whatever it takes to, to say, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for today. and Lord, I do pray that you show us people. Lord, Lord I, I actually ask that you make it painfully obvious this week, maybe even today, the people that you have put in our life that you've called us to come alongside. And Lord, as you stepped into our mess, Lord, may we be willingly step into their mess, not as their savior, but as someone who's willing to walk with them. Lord, for those who need that person, Lord, I pray that that you might provide. And that ultimately, Lord, that, that they might know your presence and that you are with them no matter what. It's your name we pray. Amen.
2: I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak, Jesus, because your, 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 your name is power, your name is healing, your Strongholds, will you sing with us? We speak Jesus as we pray for our ones this morning. We just want to speak. Here we go. We just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety to every soul. Help count.